As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Built to Last show. It's Megan Huber. I am looking forward to bringing some new content to you today. I wrapped up about two hours ago, wrapped up a 45-minute presentation that I was giving to a group of real estate investors, many of whom have branched off and added an education arm to their already existing business or businesses. So that means they've developed mastermind programs, or membership programs, group coaching programs, maybe even certification programs, memberships, courses, you name it. They're doing it. And, you know, I, I kind of grew up in the coaching industry. And if you're listening to this, maybe you did as well. All of my entrepreneurial experience has been in the coaching space as a coach and consultant and a one on one capacity, also running a lot of my own masterminds and group coaching programs. And for a really long time, the majority of my clients were also similar in that they were to coaches, health coaches, relationship, life, you know, divorce coaches, nervous system coaches, money coaches, business coaches, marketing coaches, sales coaches, faith-based coaches, you name it, people building very traditional coaching businesses. And over the past 18 months, since I moved more into the strategic advisory and consulting role, I have branched out and have been connecting with people who built businesses in other fields and categories, for example, like real estate. Uh, you know, I'll give you another example. I'm not actually working with anybody in this space, but I'm in a Facebook group of people who are starting junk removal businesses. And the person who is leading the free Facebook group was a young guy, built a junk removal business to many multiples of seven figures within two years of starting the company. I think it took him two years to get to a, a seven-figure-a-year business. And now he's teaching other people how to do that. I just wanted to share that because it gives you a bit of a scope of who else out there is building education-based businesses. So essentially, any type of business someone has run, they can turn around and create ways to teach other people how to do the same thing. In fact, my husband has a client who's a, a dentist. She sold her dental practice, and now she's developing courses and programs to be training, teaching, coaching, and advising, and consulting with other dentists as they are building their practices. Uh, I was talking to a really great friend of mine last night, also a former client of mine, and we were talking about the same thing, about just breaking into other fields and industries where... Uh, you know, there's a lot of other ways to do business out there, and there are a lot of people to serve and support. So, just got off of that call, like I said, a couple of hours ago. And during my wind down process, because uh, the call started at 11 o'clock, I went live at 11 30, and or maybe a little after 11 30, I think I spoke for about 45 minutes, maybe a bit longer. I think I actually went over my time. I think I had 45 minutes, and I, I spoke a little bit longer than that. Oops, I like to talk. And uh, 
then stayed on for the rest of the call, the rest of the presentation, which ended at one o'clock. And, you know, it was time for me to eat lunch after that. And as I was just going through my routine of what I like to do after I am, am in an activity where you may be experiencing a number of different emotions, my Megan, my language for that is you kind of feel like you're on a high after you give a presentation and, and you knock it out of the park, or you feel like you did a great job, or, you know, people are commending you, or uh, just you're just feeding off the energy of the people who are really into what you're talking about. I call that being on a high. You feel like you're on a high at the end of that. You can liken it to athletes or artists, you know, like people who give a concert, you know, think about Taylor Swift or anybody who you might, you've attended concerts before. They're late at night. They go to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, sometimes, sometimes even later if they get started late. How do they come down from that? Right? Like, you know, Taylor Swift is performing in front of tens of thousands of people every single night, like 80,000 people a night. You are feeding off of all of that energy. It's not like she's walking backstage and within 30 minutes, she's like, okay, ready for bed. I'm going to go to sleep and then falls asleep. That's not happening. Um, Same thing with athletes. They finish their game. Lots of times their games are in the evening. They don't get home until 11 or 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, you know, basketball, baseball. My brother was a professional baseball player. And this is something that I would always ask him questions about, especially if he had a really good game. Um, And a good game for him was like, if he hit a home run, sometimes he would hit multiple home runs in one game. When you hit a home run as a baseball player, that is a bigger high than a game where like you strike out every time you're at bat or you hit the ball, but you don't get on base or, you know, it's just not that great of a game for you, but you hit a home run. And one time I remember asking my brother, like, what does it feel like to hit a home run? Like, what is that feeling? Because You literally feel like Superman in the moment when you do that, but then the crowd is going wild and then your teammates are going wild when you cross home plate and, you know, you have to go back out there and continue playing the game. And and oftentimes my brother would hit more than home run in a game. And he was like, all you want to do is you want to do it again because you want to feel the feeling that you felt all over again. And, you know, I would also talk to him about like, what time do you go to sleep at night? Because your games don't end until 10 or 1030 I know you're not getting home until 11 or 11.30 if it's a home game or, you know, you're staying in a hotel if it's an away game. Like, what time do you go to bed at night? And he goes, sometimes like, you know, you're going to bed, you know, hours after the game ends. So two, three, four o'clock in the morning, because it's so challenging to come down from that high, from that emotional high. And this is why we see sometimes athletes, you don't see this as much with athletes, but you certainly see it with musicians and artists where they will, um, you know, abuse different substances because it helps them come down from that high. You know, it's their form of like regulating those heightened emotions to come back down from that. And that's really challenging for a lot of people. So, you know, all this was going through my mind after this presentation today. And I thought, you know what, I bet it, I bet it would be so valuable to somebody to hear my process. Now, I am not a therapist. I am not trained or skilled on anything that has to do with the nervous system. Obviously, I've been in personal development for a long time. I have my own mindset coach. I've been through mindset trainings and programs. I've read a lot about it. My husband is a high-performance coach. My husband is also a hypnotherapist. 
I live with him. So we talk about this stuff a lot. And I've just also created a way where it has become, not that I don't work at it because I have to work at this, but it has become very natural for me to be able to self-regulate and regulate my emotions and regulate my nervous system. And the best way for me to describe the feeling that I feel, it's like that process for me after those heightened emotions. And I'll, I'm going to tell you exactly what that process is for me. It brings me back to a state that feels like equilibrium. So, you know, here's the lead up to the presentation, right? And, you know, if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Whether you're speaking on stages or you have a knock it out of the park sales conversation, you land a big deal, you give a presentation, you give an awesome interview on somebody's big podcast, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And you there's like this heightened state of emotion when you're done with that. And it does feel like an emotional roller coaster, even in the lead up to whatever that moment is. But then there's also like a come down from that. And, you know, for me, I'm going to use this presentation I gave today as an example to show you. There was quite a bit of preparation involved. In fact, there were hours and hours of preparation involved for me to get this presentation ready. I knew I had 45 minutes. And so there's the process of figuring out what are you going to talk about? I have no shortage of content. I have no shortage of slide decks of presentations already created. But I also knew that based on my audience, based on what I've done in front of them before, uh, there were some things that I wanted to change, add, improve, and adjust in existing presentations that I had. So what did speed up my process a little bit in the preparation phase was I do have a lot of slide decks already created because I was sharing slides for this one. And I knew that I could take something that had already existed and just take it to another level. And even last night, I mean, the night before this, I didn't go to bed until about midnight. I stayed up and worked on the presentation. I had worked on it hours earlier that day. In fact, I thought I lost the whole thing and then ended up finding it somehow in my Google Drive. I thought I had lost all the edits that I had spent about an hour doing, but I found that the day prior, I spent some time. So when I plan for presentations, I don't plan that far in advance. I like to plan presentations about a, like, I actually like to plan them the week that I'm at, that I'm giving the presentation at the max two weeks, but I prefer to be closer to the moment. And I really like to feed into and feed off of the energy of it being so close because I actually feel more connected to the audience that way. I feel more connected to the moment. I feel more connected to the event versus like one or two months before I know the presentation is happening. I don't want to plan that far out because by the time I get close to the presentation, I'm going to want to change it anyway. So to a degree, there's a little bit more pressure to get it done during that preparation phase when I do it the week of. But I also feel like I perform my best when I do it that way. So there were a, there were two late nights in a row. There were two early mornings in the row because I got up extra early the day before on on when on yeah the day before I did gave the presentation because it's not like I'm creating new presentations all the time. I have like my regular work schedule that I also have to navigate and fill this in 
among all the work that I do to grow my own business, client work that I'm doing, um, partnerships that I'm working on. So there was that element to it. And then, of course, you have all the thoughts that are going on in your mind. I mean, I even got up early this morning and I spent two and a half more hours on the presentation this morning. And I'll tell you what what largely goes into the presentation because I wasn't really creating much new content because I already had a lot of slide decks built and I was kind of picking and choosing what I wanted to include in this one. And I did add some things to it, but it's like you're 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 really meticulous about how is how is your audience going to receive what you're sharing? And for me, I'm really thinking about who's in the room, what is their knowledge level, what's their skill level as it relates to the content I'm going to share. And the part that you're spending the most time doing on a presentation is actually simplifying it. It's discovering what fits, what doesn't fit, where am I oversharing? Where am I sharing too many things without enough context based on the time that I have? So you're factoring in the amount of time that you have. And it's a lot of where I spend the most time is eliminating content that I've added and rearranging content. So it's actually laid out in a fashion and a format that is most relevant and easy for the mind of the listener to follow. That takes hours. Uh, I am good at that, but it's not, nobody's just sitting down and like whipping that out in 30 minutes to an hour. And if they are, it's probably not going to be received at the level that it could be from the audience. So there's that whole phase. Now, also in that phase for me, I start to get really nervous and I get even more nervous. Like I was the most nervous working on the presentation this morning knowing that I only had a few hours before I was going to present. And this is in a group I've never been in front of before. I've actually presented in front of this group before. I've been at a live event with this group before, but I'm not someone who spends a whole lot of time in the Facebook group, getting to know people. I do have conversations. I do connect with people. And I also don't regularly attend the calls. So that was kind of going through my mind. And I'll, I'll tell you, I actually wrote down, you know, I felt very nervous leading up to it. And these are some of the thoughts that were going through my mind the whole entire time I was working on the presentation, but it was stronger this morning than any time, which was the morning of the presentation. So I was thinking, what if I share too much? What if I go over the time I'm allotted? What if I lose track of the time and I'm just like talking, 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 talking? Because I knew there was someone presenting after me as well. Uh, What if the audience is far more advanced and I am sharing basic stuff that they already know that is not helpful for them? Also, I was thinking the other, what if what I'm sharing is uh, too advanced for my audience and it's too over their head, it's too advanced and they're just like too blown away by it that they can't actually do anything with it because that is a piece of feedback I've gotten frequently in my past is that well, this was amazing, but like it's I'm it's way too advanced for me. And so I never, I never like how I f- I never like that because then I'm like, well, okay, well, I didn't really think enough about my audience, which is totally on me. So that was a thought. What if I come across as smart but not approachable? That is kind of a fear of mine when I give presentations. What if I waste people's time? Maybe I don't really know my stuff. And another one was, will I talk too much? So as I'm 
creating these slides. And I, I actually love having slides for presentations because it keeps me on track and it reminds me of what I want to say. So those are all thoughts that I was dealing with and navigating as I was working on the presentation. And it's like, how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, nobody isn't not having those thoughts. There isn't anybody who isn't having thoughts like that or similar to that. We all have them, but it's like, you have to understand that the thoughts your brain offers you, that is not you and it's not your identity unless you're attaching meaning to it and you're attaching emotion to it and you are thinking it over and over and over and over and over again to the point where you're actually believing it. I don't believe those thoughts. Do I believe I have tons of room for improvement? A hundred percent. I don't believe those thoughts though. And I'm onto my brain enough to know that my brain is offering me these thoughts because when I do fall for those thoughts, and here's, I'll tell you another thought. And this is like, this is so crazy. It's so funny. The thought, this thought, and it's not like I came up with a thought. It's like, if you just imagine thoughts are clouds and they're just like sort of coming into your peripheral vision and then you see it go by you and you see it go across the screen, that's what it was like. And I make no meaning of it. A thought came by like a cloud that was like, email the guy and tell him that you don't feel well and just like get out of the presentation. That's a thought that actually entered into my mind and then exited my mind. And so what what do I do with that? What do you do with that thought? It's like, okay, haha, funny. I see what you're up to. You're trying to get me to do whatever I can do so that we can sit over here and play small and not be visible, not have exposure, not expand our territory, not be presented with the opportunity to make new connections, to deepen existing connections, to book valuable calls and connection calls with people and get more business, right? So a lot of these thoughts, I mean, every single one of the thoughts that I was thinking that entered into my mind, it's trying to keep me safe. It's trying to keep me small. It's trying to keep me right where I'm at. And I have to really be onto that and not let that tape play and get the best of me and actually fall for it. So where we have to be very deliberate and intentional is not falling for the thoughts, not believing that these thoughts are factual by any stretch of the imagination, and then not attaching any emotion to those thoughts, and then letting the emotion lead us and make the decisions for us. That's where we're falling down. That's where we're getting burned out. That's where we're failing. That's not failing. That's where we're getting exhausted. That's where we're staying stuck. And We just feel like we're in this every day, every week, every month starts to feel like Groundhog's Day all over again. And and we feel stuck. And then we don't know why things aren't working. And we don't know how to get out of that. It's because we let the thoughts become facts instead of recognizing that our brain's job is to offer us thoughts that keep us right where we're at. But I imagine that thoughts are coming from another place. They look like a cloud coming into my peripheral vision and they go across the screen that I can see that's outside of me. And then I see the cloud keep going by. And then I remind myself of who I am, who I can be, who I will be, and who I will show up to be on that presentation or on that stage or in that conversation. So that was the whole pre part of it. And then get on the call, 
all the introductions. I go first. I do my presentation. For me, when I speak, it's a little bit of an out-of-body experience because I don't really, I mean, I remember, I remember what went on. I remember what was going on, but in the moment I really do, and you know, this is an area where I've got to figure out how to improve this, but I really do lose track of time because I get very engulfed and involved with what I'm saying. And it's very easy to lose track of time for me. Now, the thing that could have really thrown me off at the beginning of this presentation is I couldn't, and I didn't have time to figure it out. I've done it before, but there's like a live audience there. So I had to share my screen, but I like to share my screen in, I like to have my slide deck show up in presenter view. That, That way the audience can see my slides, but I can see my slides and my notes. It's like another window that pops up. And then when you share your screen on Zoom, when you're in presenter view like that, your audience shouldn't see your notes to yourself, but I couldn't figure out how to make that work. And I had a lot of extra notes that were written that went along with my slides that I was going to say. And so I had to go without them. Um, And luckily I went over the presentation like four or five times. So I, I don't know that I... I missed a few things, I'm sure, but I haven't gone back to look. So do the presentation. You know, because I'm sharing my screen, I can't see the chat. I don't see anybody else's faces. And when I, that also causes me to lose track of time a little bit. Then I'm done and I look at the chat and there's like 20, 30, 40 messages about this is amazing. You rock. This is incredible. This is full. Uh, I, we need to connect, schedule a call with me. Um, we have, so much room for improvement with our program. I want to talk to you about our customer success team and and all that stuff comes through. And so then it's like, yay, people were receptive to it. And then, you know, they unmute people and people get to come and say what they think about your presentation, ask you questions. And so it was really well received. And then there was another presenter I stayed on and listened to that. And like I said, it was one o'clock. It was time for me to eat lunch. So I'll share with you what my process is to kind of come down from that high, because especially after you give the presentation and you get a positive response, it almost takes your high to another level, not a prideful place, but you just have this, okay, it works. You did a good job. And then it just sort of like melts away instantly. All these things that you thought weren't going to go well. And so it just like, it's just like if you're in a hot air balloon, the hot air balloon just goes to another, like it climbs a thousand more feet. That's what it feels like. And so what a lot of people do when they have those those moments, and sometimes people, you may have them every day, they don't take the time or have a process to come back to a place that I call equilibrium in me. And what they'll do is they will immediately go back and create that again and again and again and again versus walking away and resettling and coming back to a place that I call calm confidence. So here's what my process looks like. I walk out of my office. I get out from behind my computer. I put the phone down. Actually, before I do that, let me back up. Anybody who sent me a message or in the chat said, I want to talk. Here's my link. Let's connect. I write all those names down. And I immediately send them either an email or a text or a Facebook message, friend them, like however I can get in touch with them. I immediately connect with them and follow up. 
because I will forget and it'll be something I'll put off. And if it gets put off a day, then it's like not going to get done. And that really, for me, is the most important thing. It's connecting with people immediately and showing that you care about them and that you you can hear them, you're listening to them, and, and yeah, you're on board. I think that's really respectful to do as well. So that's I do that as soon as the call ends. I do that. It takes me five minutes. Then I leave my phone, or I took my phone, actually, because I'll tell you why in a second, but walk away from my computer, walk away from the office, shut the office door, go out to my kitchen. It was lunchtime. Again, you're, there's a lot of energy expenditure, whether you know that or not, you're burning a lot of calories. I don't think I had eaten breakfast. No, I had an apple for breakfast. So I didn't have a whole lot of nourishment during the day or prior to that in the morning. So I came back down from my high by uh, cooking some food. Now I'm not a cook. I am not somebody who's ever loved cooking, but it is an activity that is very meditative for me at the end of a long day or to bring me back down to a state of neutrality or equilibrium or calm confidence, whatever you want to call that. So I cooked, didn't take me long. Uh, It was more like heating up some leftovers on the stove, not the microwave, but some stove and like some rice and some meat and some vegetables. Made myself a plate of food. Uh, The other thing that I do is I drink three glasses of water. So I fill back up on hydrating myself. I also play some music on my phone. Today, I chose some Chris Stapleton. I just pulled up Spotify. I have a Chris Stapleton channel. Turned some tunes on, listened to that, heated up my food, put it on a plate, uh, went to my living room, sat on my couch, turned on Netflix. I don't remember the last time was I turned on Netflix. It's been, I don't know how long, had no clue what was up, saw a show about quarterbacks, press play, watched it for probably not even 15 minutes. At the most, it was 15 minutes, however long it took me to eat my plate of food. And uh, during that time, I'm also not thinking about the presentation. I do that very intentionally. So I'm not thinking thoughts about how I did, how I performed, what people thought about it, what I'm going to get from it. None of those thoughts. It's a moment for me to enjoy my meal, to be in gratitude that I get to do what I do, And to look at something else and give my attention to something else (laughs) in that moment, it was Netflix and it was a show about quarterbacks, which I'll probably finish that because I really like watching documentary style things about sports. I love it. So I'll probably watch some of that tonight, maybe. And then, you know, a friend of mine who was on the call and heard the presentation sent me a message. And so we were just chatting back and forth about some things. And All of that, that whole process lasted about 30 to 45 minutes, about 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes and took the dog out, used the restroom and just let myself kind of take it easy for a good solid 45 minutes. Then I was ready to think about what else do I have coming up today? What do I need to complete? Um, I really had this idea about all the content I'm talking to you about right now. I was like, oh, I actually have a process for this, which I've always done it this way. I just never really identified it as a process. And I was thinking, wow, I wonder if other people would benefit from this. I'm going to go write it down. I'll write a post about it. It's really fresh. And then I thought, you know what? Let's record a podcast episode on it. So I came in, I took some notes and I'm actually going to look down at my notes to see 
if I am covering everything that I wanted to cover, yeah, I think I did. I wrote down just what my process was that I shared with you and thought it would be really valuable. And so, you know, I know that I have a call later this afternoon. I know I have a few, um, some admin things to get through, a couple of tasks that I have for some consulting clients that aren't very time consuming. But what my mind started doing was just sort of, you know, organizing and prioritizing that list mentally. And then I made my way back to my office, responded to a couple of things, wrote these notes, sat down to record this podcast. And the next thing I'll do is take my mental list of a few activities that I, tasks that I have to do. I will write them down on paper and I'll take care of those. And then I, I've got, I have my own coaching call with a mindset coach in a little bit. Now, what I didn't do was in that presentation, immediately start scrutinizing over how well I did or how well I didn't do. I did not hurriedly go to another activity. I didn't not take a break. I didn't not allow myself to re-nourish with hydration, with water, with a meal because it was lunchtime. I was hungry. You know, whether you feel it in the moment or not, and even if it is a short presentation, there is a level of being a little bit tired. There's a level of like you feel almost like minorly zapped because you are putting on a performance. You are performing to a degree plus all the preparation amongst everything else that you have going on, getting up even earlier, going to bed a little bit later, just working on it. So you don't really feel it immediately, but I know that it's there. And so for me to just go to the next activity and like swirl around in a frenzy, frantically, hurriedly, like just jumping to the next thing, It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your nervous system. It's not good for your health. It's not good for the business. It's not good for anything. And so I knew that I would be able to get through my next set of tasks and activities with greater ease, faster, with greater precision, with greater clarity by giving myself 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, even if I needed to to come back into a state of equilibrium and just let myself rest a bit. You know, some people will go just lay down and take a 20 minute nap or sit down and close your eyes, do some breathing exercises, maybe even read something, go for a walk outside. Like I went out, I took the dog outside. Oh, I did have to feed the cats. I did have to clean up tea tree oil that my cat, because I'm home by myself today. And when our one of our cats doesn't get fed on time, uh, he likes to go knock things over. And he's always done this. He'll knock over bottles of vitamins or he'll knock over um, like essential oil bottles. And when they hit the ground, because we have tile floor, they break. So I walked into, you know, went out of my office and the whole house like reeked of tea tree oil. And I was like, oh, okay, great. The cat knocks it over. Luckily it wasn't a ton. It was a small bottle. So I had to clean that up. Uh, but went outside, I think I walked outside with my bare feet, let the dog do his business and just let myself settle and let my nervous system regulate itself 
let my emotions regulate themselves, let me self-regulate. And then I know I'm going to be a better version of me coming back into the office to finish out my day for the rest of the day, because I have a, a few more hours of work to do. I have time that needs to be spent to prepare for the next day. But you know, the big message that I want to share is by not letting ourselves have that time to regulate, that's where we're getting overwhelmed. It's where we're getting exhausted and burned out, flustered, frenzied, feeling all over the place, accomplishing a lot, but not really accomplishing anything that's moving the needle forward. It's where we start to get very frustrated and irritated with our business. And it's where we start to get really resentful of our business. We can even get resentful of our teams, ourselves, our spouse, our family members, people who are in our lives. So uh, there you go. There's my process for how I come down from any type of high. And look, this process is a wind down process you can do at the end of your day. So sometimes maybe we're on like a high at the end of our workday every single day. And what's not good for the body or the brain is to stay up there. So it's the staying up there for too long without regulating that causes the problem. So you can do this multiple times throughout your day. You could do shorter versions of it. I just happened to do a bit of a longer one midday because of what the last few days have looked like for me and in the whole preparation phase amongst everything else. And I knew that I, I knew that I needed that, especially because I didn't, I, didn't get about an hour and a half of sleep two nights in a row that I usually do get, which is fine. Um, You just don't want that to go on forever and ever. So I hope that you found a whole lot of value from this episode. I hope you will take some ideas from what I shared. By no means am I saying that my process is the exact process you have to follow. You may do something completely different to regulate yourself, your nervous system, and your emotions after something. But please let me know if you got some value from this. Be sure to leave us a review. The only way that we grow our listenership on the podcast is through you, our listener. So I appreciate you. I honor you. I do not take the fact that you are listening to this and taking time out of your day to listen to this. Even if you are driving right now and you're listening, uh, I really have so much respect and honor for you. I know that this is such a privilege to be able to, to be in your ear Uh, that you're consuming this. So if you love what you hear on the show, please be sure to leave us a review because it allows other people to actually know that we exist and share it out. So give us a shout out on Instagram, on Facebook. Be sure to tag me so I can reshare it. Uh, Tell your friends, send this episode to friends, clients, team members, whoever you think might really benefit from it because it really truly is the the main number one way that we grow here on the Built to Last show. So until next time, remember to design a business and life that is built to last. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.